Hello, I'm Jay Goodwin, and you're listening to Pay It Forward. Today on Pay It For we have Michael Rankin. Uh, where do I start on this introduction? I'll give you the short first. So Michael is host and creator of You Are Dope Show on LinkedIn, and he's also a senior art director. Uh, the longer version is that he is a multimedia artist, musician, and creative designer. Uh, he's worked in the advertising industry since 2008, creating content for some of the biggest brands in the world, including Coca-Cola, Starbucks, Porsche, Verizon, iHeartMedia, McDonald's, and many more. Uh, in March of 2020, he created a digital show on the platform LinkedIn titled You Are Dope. It's an interview formatted show that celebrates positivity and shines a spotlight on power players in the marketing industry and beyond. The show has been featured in Ad Age, uh, the inspiration behind the Be Dope Vote platform, garnered over tens of thousands of views from all over the world and earned hundreds of thousands uh, of hours of viewed time. Michael, thank you so much. Uh, for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, I'm so hyped to be here, man. <laughs> man, thank you for inviting me, dude. Seriously, genuinely, thank you for having me on, man. Seriously, this is no. great. I'm hyped to just chill and kick it with you, bro. I 100%. Uh, it is very mutual. Uh, I've been looking forward to this. Um, so to start, I just want to set the scene. Uh, where'd you grow up? And what did you think you were going to be? Uh, where did I grow up? What I think I was going to be? I grew up in a uh, several small towns in Western Pennsylvania, most notably Ambridge, Pennsylvania. And the whole time I was growing up, I just knew I was going to be a humongous rap icon, a okay. pop star. So I did a lot of music. I made music my entire childhood. I did everything: music, 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 music. And uh, yeah, that was the big dream, man. Growing up, I like a lot of kids. Yeah, uh, wanted to be the the rapper from West Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, um, man, small town. <laughs> I had to put that thing together, and it took some work. You know, I got a I got a couple of little opportunities here and there on that grind, but I learned a lot about advertising. Interestingly, interestingly, through that journey, mm. I I learned um, actually the whole time I was already doing what our industry is, which is marketing and advertising. So it's kind of kind of worked out in my favor doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how would you describe your rap style? My rap style? Oh, yeah. yeah give, me, give me an idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my rap style is um, uh, very eclectic, uh, very fucking. I was before before it became like kind of popping to have all these different voices and stuff like that. I was very voicey. You know, I have a very high range voice anyway. So I like to play with my voice. I like to do a little sing-songy stuff um, mixed in with my raps. But um, yeah, man, I'm an MC's MC, man. So I always try to make sure bars are involved. And and uh, and uh, I like songs, man. So I try to make songs and stuff. So I guess my style is just, it was just different. Yeah, I'd, I'd go towards Kendrick if there was anything close to what I was doing. B.O.B. Mm -hmm. a little bit. That would be, you'd probably have a good idea what I do. Got you. Okay. So you actually just mentioned, um, like, you know, learning or teaching yourself, I guess you should say about advertising and marketing through yeah. uh, what you were doing with rap. So we're going to talk about the journey later, but I want to ask right, right now, you are a senior art director and you're at Moxie. Absolutely. What is, what's something that you love about your job? Uh, something that I love about Moxie or my job period in the 
field. It's more about the field than it is Moxie, but just I really love um, being able to help bring, um, I guess, how do you say this? I guess I just love giving a, a soul to things, mm. uh, visibly giving a soul to things, which is like, I mean, you're talking connection to God at that level, which is really awesome. And it's, you know, though it's through advertising and capitalism and stuff like that, the truth is creation is just a beautiful thing, you know, in a, in a small way, you're, you're just doing it at will, which is, you know, spiritual, yeah. to say the least, to uh, participate in something like that, whether it's music or even in the ad world, just creating something from the brain and giving a soul to something a business, a company or whatever is really dope, man. And, uh, it just, it drives me. It gets me hype. Well, uh, speaking of giving us all the things and you just said the word dope, tell me a little bit about the inspiration for your show. So, um, how, how did it come about? Like what, what, what was going through your head when you decided, okay, I gotta, I've gotta do something. I gotta host something. I gotta, I gotta create this show. What, tell me about all the emotions and all the things that went into that. Uh, I just think uh, at the time it was early 2020 and 2020 was just crazy. You know what I mean? It was just a wild time. And I, I was on the internet like every day, like, cause what else are you going to do? And the vibes were just low, man. It was just a lot of people, just the vibes were not great. You know, people weren't happy with each other in general, but I know that I personally just like motherfuckers, man. I just like people that are cool. <laughs> I like their vibes and I want people to be like, yeah, that dude's dope or that girl's dope. And I just want people happy with each other and like just just big each other up. And I know what's funny about our industry, and that's just something I realize. I don't know what it is about people, but we have a, a an issue with like credit for some reason. Like, show love to somebody else. It's so funny. Like, if you ever sat in a room with a bunch of creatives or people in our industry, a lot of times the vibe is very nitpick things apart and say why it's bad. Yeah. I'm the type to be like, that shit was hot. Who made that? Yo, you see that? That's my vibe, bro. Yeah. I just want to give love, man. And then hopefully I receive it. I don't give a shit. I just want to say that shit was hot. Whoever made that is fire. You were dope. I can't do that. So my vibe is just put out good vibes, man, and just keep everybody hyped. And and I, one day, man, it just hit me like, you know what? I should just big up people I think are cool just because because everybody wants to hate on each other. So right now I just kind of want to say I like people. Yeah. So I, I told my lady, man, my beautiful lady, Emil, um, she uh, was just sitting in the living room. I was like, baby, can you open up Zoom real quick? We're just going to, I got an idea. She was like, okay. She got on Zoom with me. Literally, the episode is on LinkedIn right now. Uh, we just winged it the whole episode. And it was funny just being silly and stuff. Put it out. <laughs> People kind of liked it. So then yeah. I made another. And then I made another. And it was just like, just people were appreciating it, man. And next thing I know, that became a thing and did incredible stuff, man. So it's just been awesome that people appreciate it. It's literally fucking blows my mind that anyone gives a shit that I exist, but it's really cool. And I appreciate people. And I think maybe people appreciate that. I appreciate them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, you said something about, about giving love and, and that just, I like that a lot, but yeah, what would you say to someone who, isn't quite there yet. You know, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe they, they just aren't at the point where they're able to um, sort of set aside their own. I, I think it's an ego thing. Cause you talked about sort of the credit, 100%. the credit part. Um, but like, how, how does someone go from 
you know, being that typical sort of nitpicker to yeah. someone who is sort of beyond that and can sort of take themselves out of the picture. Is this a young person we're talking to or someone that's set in their ways a little bit? Uh, for the sake of optimism, let's say a younger person who's not okay. set in their ways yet. <laughs> I'd say straight up what I experienced. So I came up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, man. And uh, there's a young man by the name of Wiz Khalifa, who's my mm. dog. And I was working with this one dude named Sold. That was his rap name, Sold. And for some reason this day, I was on some, like, man, why does he get to be in the local paper? And that, and my man said, yo, you know you being a hater, right? And no, I never was called that in that way. Mm-hmm. Was like, like, hey, you know. And I was like, damn. I'm being a fucking hater. <laughs> you're like, damn, you're right. <laughs> I'm hating I, just because it's not me. And that made me realize when you're being a fucking hater, you just need somebody to just be like, hey, yo, you know, you hating, right? So I'd say don't be a fucking hater. Just recognize <laughs> when you're hating for no reason. They ain't do nothing to you. That's hot. And it, it doesn't stop you from shining because somebody else is shining. You know? Mm. Yeah. So. It's not a, shine is not a zero sum object. Yes, sir. Um, okay. So. Uh, actually, I happen to know some of the things that are on your mind. Uh, so I'm going to throw one out. Okay. <laughs> the first is, uh, I think you said, what it takes to do this work and be yourself as a Black individual. And so I first want to ask you just, where does your mind go when I say that back to you? Nuts. <laughs> Fucking balls of steel. <laughs> confidence uh motherfucking soul which i have a saying intelligence cannot copy the soul and Mm. i do believe we are very special people when it comes to soul and i think a lot of people can emulate but you can't quite do it i don't know if you ever made music but i could go into something very distinct Uh, so we didn't talk about this i am a musician Hey, <laughs> and uh, want to be producer? Got a couple, couple albums out and stuff like that. But let's go. Yeah, so we can definitely connect on this level. <laughs> let's go. Listen, there's some. Okay, then I. Damn, how do I say that? Yeah, I don't want to say something too crazy, but I'll just say this: you can't copy the fucking soul. And I think we come with soul. So when you talk about being black, trying to do this thing, when we bring the soul, whatever that is, which is usually just us being us. It's very hard to duplicate, man, and that's very valuable. So, yeah, soul, nuts, balls, strength, confidence, grit, determination, can't stop us, fist, brick through the window, Molotov shit. Yeah, all that. That's a vibe I get. What does that soul look like when you bring it to work with you? Um, For me, that's my, Michael Rankin's soul. It's very like light. Like when I'm around, it's lights, it's fucking, it's sirens and shit. And then when I get hype, it's a lightning bolt. It's mm-hmm. lightning, and it's it's lit, and everybody's lit. Um, so yeah, man, it's a lot of light, you know. And I I'm really big on highest self, and I actually have a very deep philosophy I just kind of solved. I feel like in the last year, that I believe are all of us because we're made of particles and I can get super deep and I'm not going to do that to you. We're all made of particles. It's science. Well, if you think of particles, what is probably one of the most powerful forces in existence? It's light, man. So if you think about properties of light and what light does, 
that is our highest self. If you even remotely attempt to emulate what light does, you'll just see the universe work in your favor. You're emulating your, you are being your highest self. Mm. And that's if you're shining a light on others, right? If you're highlighting someone else, if you're acting as that kind of a light, you shine through the darkness, right? Only light can drive, you know, darkness, darkness can't drive out darkness, you know? So listen, man, I, that's, that's some deep stuff. We don't have to go all the way there, but light is everything, man. So I represent light when I'm in the building, you know what I mean? Yeah. When I get busy. No, you're right. I get, we don't have to go all the way there, but I do want to ask, how did you start putting this sort of, cause you said this is your deep philosophy that you only recently put together. So yeah. What are some of the experiences or moments that sort of made you take a step back and sort of try to reflect and, and, and figure out exactly um, how you see that? Happening? Yeah, I think in when I was in music, hardcore performing on stage and stuff, yeah. I came from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to Atlanta, Georgia. All right. Okay. Uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, big fish, small pond. No disrespect. I love my hometown. Come to Atlanta, you're a small fish, big old pond. People from New York and Atlanta. And then people in Atlanta, the audience, they're kind of like, dude, we've kind of seen it all. You know what I mean? We've seen outcasts. We've seen famous people. Pittsburgh, Jay-Z and them ain't coming through too often. So it's like we didn't really have that touch. You know what I mean? But down here, they've seen it all. So you would notice that your little sticks or your little tricks to get the audience hyped, to get their hands up and all that wasn't working the same yeah. it was like it's done it's they're like whatever you know what i mean it's not exciting that you're performing and what i learned from that is that i realized it's not about and some of the best performers down here weren't doing no antics they would just go on stage and rap their song and i'm like yo they fucking loved them what am i not understanding and i realized through that process that all people want you to do is come show us you and if we like it, we'll agree with you. And you have to think about how powerful that is. And so I say that to say it led me down a path of self-understanding that hasn't stopped mm. since, where it's like, who the fuck am I and who agrees? So as I'm defining, or not defining, but further understanding self, all I do is project self. So as I master self, all I'm doing is just grabbing more particles that align with me and we get bigger and bigger. And it's like, I'm in the soup now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of where it came from is the, the grind of music and, and, under, and just getting away from trying so hard to make you listen to my mixtape versus make you meet me. Mm. And it got, it went to, and that's, that hasn't stopped since. Yeah. So kind of, kind of continuing on this, um, as it relates now to to being a senior art director, a creative in this industry, how would you sort of describe, because basically what you just kind of told me was um, you had a shift in how you were seeing yourself in how other people were perceiving you, right? Yes. So tell me a little bit about how you've been able to do that um, in the industry as you've gone through your career um, now to the point where you're a senior creative. Um, I think for me, interestingly, I always say people, if you've done music and you come into this industry, you're coming with so much extra strength mm -hmm. that others cannot possibly relate to when you have to face yourself and nobody cares, right? <laughs> Here's my song that I put my soul in and y'all don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. When you got to look in the mirror with that, 
you lock in in a certain way of understanding of your value. So when you come into the ad world, for me, it was bringing my value. And because I knew myself to such a level, I, I wasn't seeking so much external validation as much as it was I'm trying to explain my value to you that you don't know. So instead of me coming like, please give me opportunity and stuff, it was more like I am demanding opportunity because I know my value. Mm. So there was this kind of, I was a lot of, I've had to deal with a lot of friction because I, I'm, I wasn't compromising myself because I knew what myself was. I knew exactly how I talk. I know exactly how I walk. I know exactly mm. what I like. I'm going to grow. I have, I have six mentors, so I'm all about learning and soaking, but I also know what I'm bringing to the table. So in terms of what was for me, I came into this, this world, bringing my full self into it and attacking with my full self to help clients and help work. So my work wasn't just output that you could just go hire someone else for any of my work. You're inputting a, a whole soul into something. You're putting a whole energy into something. And that that's what's really helped my career, at least, is putting my whole self into it so that everything that I make comes with a the that comes with a, a soul. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. really the most valuable thing. That's what they pay you for, which is very hard to explain to people. If you just come with the table stakes of you can you can write words or you can just open Photoshop, I can hire you cheaper immediately. Mm. I can I can find another kid out of college. And give him thirty thousand, he'll shit himself because he just wants to buy video games, right? <laughs> and I'm a big gamer, yeah. And I know that feeling, like, damn, I'm rich, and you don't even know you ain't no. got no money, <laughs> no. So I can, if you just come with table stakes, I could get a kid out of college, blow his mind, put him in the industry, he's gonna love it. Mm. And you're just doing, but if you bring yourself, I can't find you again. Like you're you, the way you talk, act, think, you're you're like. 30 plus years of stuff that I can't just go get and you're giving it to me. Now I want to pay you and I want to keep you and I want to try to make you happy more so. And I want to partner with you. And that's really hard to explain to peeps, but that's what I got in terms of the career of senior art director, giving myself to my work. Yeah, no, I mean that, 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 that sounds so simple. It, but, yes. <laughs> so, yes. So basically, there, there's two things out of there. So you mentioned sort of having uh, the friction of not compromising who you are. And I want to come back to that in a second. Yep. But it sounds like what you're talking about is almost just like, because I don't know, let me let me try to figure out how I can explain <laughs> it. It feels like when when younger people, and I'll just say younger people that are maybe coming out of college, just because you get an example of the, the gamer who, you know, yes, straight out of college. So it feels like they come into job negotiations with zero leverage and zero. It, they do exactly what you just said, which is I can write copy or I can, you know, do some graphic design. Yes. And it's just like, okay, but everybody can do that. You, how many people were in your program? Yes. So it kind of sounds like they, there's just a level and I'm just call it soul searching because yes. the word soul and it, it, it's really sticking with me. So it, it, I mean, it just sounds like there's a level of soul searching that isn't happening that could greatly sort of flip that uh, that level of uh, leverage, I guess, um, in sort of getting that job. You know what I mean? Thousand percent. As a matter of fact, don't it? Yeah, it is leverage. I 
was going to say don't use leverage, but yeah, use leverage because the truth of the matter at the end of the day is money just equals time. Time is money. That is the realest shit ever. Everyone says it, but you got to think about it. You're going to die, son. You're going to die. Yes. Every second that's passing, you're going towards that. So I'm compensating you to, can I take some of that precious shit you're never going to get again? I'm going to give you this, this thing so you can enhance a different part of time, right? So mm. when you want to go to Hawaii, I will give you a currency that allows you to improve a different part of time. It's all a time exchange. So the only value is you, human being. You are the fucking leverage. Your human existence is the most valuable thing in the exchange. The job is not the value. Your human time mm. is very expensive, man. You're never getting it again. And, and if you're bringing your whole self with it, oh, God, forget it. You know, it's not the job. And I know that's so psycho babble-ish, but I'm telling you, that's next level. If you just look at yourself and understand you're so fucking priceless, that's the game, dog. That is the game. Mm. I got chills, man. I'm telling you, you, man. You're over here preaching. Um, <laughs> there, there, was, there was another thing that you had said. Uh, actually, I want to tell you a quick story because you, yeah. you mentioned uh, – like there's just something that you that you bring with you when you're a musician and you go up there and I won't I'm gonna just say when you bomb basically yes and yes as soon as you said that that just I went straight back to this moment I was in grad school I was so I'm a drummer um, dope and I was in this band man it was called Big Thunder and the Rumblefish Ooh. and no it is no. <laughs> <laughs> no, originally it was it was pitched to me as sort of like a jazz rock like thing that was something i was really in, like the fusion, yeah i was really into it and it turned into being just like 80s rock which got it i had never listened to i would learn the songs and just kind of be there getting drunk but uh we were in charleston south carolina at this I, I, this place called the sand dollar i'm telling you it was like i still can see that sounds it. like Sounds like, yeah. I still can see it. And we're up there playing, man. And it's like halfway through the first set. And all you hear is <laughs> this dude in the back of the room. And he says, hey, sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. And when he said, sounds like shit, turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And, and, I love it. I still remember that because there was, there was maybe two seconds in between him saying sounds like shit and turn it up. And I just was like, <laughs> did he really just say that? And I've never recovered from that moment. And that Listen, is what reminded me of. <laughs> I, man, the feeling of performing live, man, I, I, I feel bad for people that don't get the chance to experience. You look, I'm the way I am. I'm very silly. I'm a lighthearted dude. Mm -hmm. My music is not very street, but I, I would go to very street places and perform my records. You know what I mean? Cause that's oh, yeah. what we got to do as hip hop performers. Man, one time I went to this spot, man, they were making so much fun of me in this little ass, this little hole in the wall bar. I'm performing, I'm performing this like super pop sounding song. It's mm -hmm. hot than a mug out this bitch. <laughs> I'm dancing and shit. Yeah. They're like, man, shut that shit off, man. Get that bullshit out, man. <laughs> like they were killing me, dog. I literally had to stop my set and leave early. Like it was Damn. embarrassing. So I've been there, dog. I've seen the dirt, but I also seen the highs, you know, was, performing yeah. with Flow Rider and and like uh little john i've had some moments man so i've seen both 
Well, I mean, you can't just bring up those names and then we just go talk about something else. You got to tell me a little bit more about those. Nah, man, look, that's <laughs> like through um, through some of my experience, whether it was when I worked in radio. So I got opportunities through that. Mm. And then again, coming up in Pittsburgh at the time when Wiz was getting hot, I was like one of the major players in the Pittsburgh scene. This is Mac Miller and everything. everything yes. was, they were still young, you know, and Mac is an amazing rest in peace to Mac Miller. Um, great dude, man. Um, I have Berg, a piece of Mac Miller art over here in the corner. That's dope, man. <laughs> Rest Love in Mac. peace to Mac, man. East Liberty, Shadow Lounge. We were all just creating the scene together, us. And Wiz put us on the map, so to speak. And uh, yeah, I was like up there at the time. So I'm like performing with him and I'm getting these opening opportunities. So just opportunities over the years, man, doing a ton of work. But music is always a passion of mine, always will be a passion of mine. But I just don't think I'm Drake. <laughs> well, to be fair, not many people are. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, have there been any major obstacles in your career that you've had to overcome? Um, I think white people that aren't entirely sure about my energy or our contribution has been a very the it's been a, I think that's been a very big obstacle and shout out to white people no disrespect if you guys are listening <laughs> I'm just saying there's a level of I don't talk that way I don't do that way I do like this and that shit is scary and you may have a predetermined version of professionalism or whatever other defined mm -hmm. variables I'm coming as me, dog. That's just the way it's going to go. It, like, and unfortunately, that's going to sound different. It might be a little louder. might be a little more passion in it. And that's, that's what I'm bringing, you know? And I think um, that's been one of the biggest hurdles because, again, racism exists. So you get a little bit of the microaggressions. You get somebody that's racist. But, again, racism nowadays isn't like, look, there's a, a nigger hanging from a tree. It's not like that. Mm -hmm. Now it's like little low-key racism they don't say nothing but they low-key don't involve you on things or might keep you out in ways mm -hmm. so it's like navigating that i can't i can't be like look he's racist i gotta be like damn he's okay i know what time it is i gotta drive a car like this so that's been my challenge is veering the car where my allies are and then mm -hmm. running enemies the fuck over straight up and that you got to get a certain attitude a killer instinct about i'm running you over son like even if you think you got me and that's my, I'm going to keep it so, such a bean with you right now. Do it. The greatest trick that I have is I let everyone think one thing and all I'm doing is taking stock. I'm really silly and it's all fun and games, but I'm also 38 and been in the game for a long time and been making in a grinder and been from the mud for real. Yeah. So I can, I can be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Ha ha in your face, but I'm always taking stock. So the enemy right? Whoever that is, I don't care. I mean, you might be black. It doesn't matter. If you're an enemy of mine, I've got you locked as enemy. So I'm strategizing how to run you the fuck over. If that's, if I'm, if I'm going to a different account, if I got to get on a, get on this project or that project, if I got to get Intel over here and then put it together, I'm going through you. So yeah. you can't stop me. And that kind of, that's when I, when you said being black, what, what we got to do and what is it what do you think of mm. that's what i think of like to get to my position that i got to please believe it was not like so i walked in and they gave me the reebok <laughs> account and i did a reebok commercial and then all of a sudden i was senior art director no my nigga i really from the mud had to 
you know, they pushed me in the mud. I got out the mud. They pushed me down again. I rolled into the trash can and shit. I used the trash can as a shield this time and went through them up. Like it's like that for me. So I'm yeah. all scratched up. And that's where you get a lot of my passion when I talk about the stuff. Cause I really went and took that shit and I would continue to take it as I see more enemies in the way. But yeah, there's, there's people that don't give a shit about you winning, bro. You got to go take it. Well, as, as far as, uh, so there, I want to say it was episode five. I don't know if you know him. His name is Donovan Triplett. Uh, he used to be here in Atlanta. Yes, I yeah, do you know, know Donovan. Donovan. Great yes. dude, man. Yeah. So the title of his episode was The Abstract Idea of Professionalism. And we talked about Love a it. lot of similar types of things. Love it, man. When, when you say um, energy and contribution, do you mean, as far as the contribution part, do you mean like... From my actual, perspective? Yeah, like the actual work that is being made or... Um, yeah, Exactly so how you worded it, but you mentioned um, not being able to sort of uh, perceive your energy and contribution the way that you are presenting yourself. Yeah. So, all right. So a lot of times you end up in whether it's concepting or ideating or the work itself, there's, there's a lot of people putting you where they think you should be. So let's say you walk into a building and they're like, you're the black guy. So we're going to ask you to do graffiti and hip hop projects only because you're black. We know, you know. Or I don't know if you ever dealt with some white people and they're like, and shout out to white people again, I'm not dissing y'all, just, it's just fucking real. Like they will immediately ask you questions about drugs or something like, do you know about weed or some shit? I don't smoke weed, but they just assume that I'm like, I know everything about drugs, hip hop mm -hmm. and X, Y, Z, right? So again, so you're pigeonholed a certain way, right? So you're not exposed to accounts that could lift you up yeah. Are, are put into positions so you can shine and get your shit off or you're in, involved in conversations, but maybe you're just involved in a content creation portion of it, which is like, whatever you say doesn't really matter. Here's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So you're not even in that conversation. You're just like the get it done guy. Yeah. You're like a vendor at that point. Yes. So, so as you keep getting put in them little spots, you're working on this bullshit account that has it's hip hop or it's graffiti. That's it. You're only somebody that just kind of does the little stuff here and there and you're also over here, we're not involving you, you're not coming in the room for important stuff. They're just putting you there. So to get out of that, you have bosses, you have people above you. If they're a little bit racist, or they think you're a little stupid, or they have weird biases, you got to punch through them to even get your opportunities, or you got to find So that's what I mean. Like, so you can't, you can't even get off. You can't, nothing can get off. You could try, but it don't count. And so you have to like rip it from opportunities I, I worked on small example. I worked on a, a, um, a literal free account, um, with like the, like Chattahoochee river keepers, like a river, um, project just to show my boss, I gets busy. So I took on a project that made our company no money. And I worked over the weekend, all night, 24 hours a day, drew like 300 logos just to show I gets busy. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. You got to come from, you got to go get that shit out the mud just to get your respect. And that is to get around those people I said that are in the way, right? Mm. My, the biggest boss knows I gets busy. Yeah. So now I'm letting everybody know what time it is. You know what I mean? So that's what I mean. I guess your contribution don't, you got to like, you got to earn it. You got to knock niggas out straight up. <laughs> I'm just telling you, man, that's the way it is. No, I hear you. Um, and 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 part of uh, what we were talking about earlier too was, uh, I guess another part of the conversation was just like finding other use. So, yes. 
uh, more black kids. Maybe they're from a small town. They don't know that this world exists. This career is possible. Um, so talk to me a little bit about your journey. I know you said from West Pennsylvania. Yeah, Western, uh, Western PA, man. Down small here town. to Atlanta. Yep. Um, you know, take me back to, to when you're in school. Um, what'd you study? And, and sort of just kind of walk me through, and you don't have to go into every little detail. If you right, want. right, right. Tell me, right. tell me what you want to tell me, but tell me how you, how you get from there to where you are now. Well, in terms of just like our field and stuff, I wanted to make video games real bad. I'm a big gamer, man. I love gaming. This is an Astro headset. I don't know if video's in this, but this is an Astro headset. I'm a gamer. So I always wanted to make video games and somehow my teacher, t I would, some school I was checking out, I was like a C average student. Because homework, are you kidding me? Who doesn't? <laughs> uh, so, who needs it? Uh, who needs it? Um, so the lady at the school was like, you should take multimedia. You'll make video games. And I was like, really? That's for video games? I don't fucking know. So she said, yeah. And I said, okay. I took it. And I did make video games. I made Flash games. That's old school. Yeah. But I made Flash games. And I they are on the about. internet. They are on the internet currently. So shout out to Flash games. But, uh, and, um, yeah, so I went for that, but because I took on multimedia, I learned a little bit of everything. So I did 3D modeling, I did web design and programming. Again, Flash is basically like Java, so I was a programmer very heavy early. And I took video classes, video editing and animation, learned Photoshop, learned Illustrator, learned about fonts. I got the whole package. Yeah, yeah you got everything. <laughs> so because I was able to touch everything, Ma'am, I can't stress how much I would tell people to go into multimedia. It's such a big deal mm. because you can you, you got a little bit of everything. So when you're like, yo, I like that, you can go ahead because you already know where to start, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, so so that kind of led me down a path of doing stuff constantly in our field, adding skills and building on myself to to be competent enough to help businesses, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. From there. And, and I just literally stalked your LinkedIn. So from operations engineer at Disney. Amazing experience, by the way. Hilarious. So also. I'm going to just like list off some of these so people listening can kind of get a feel for all the stuff you've done. Sure, man. Um, and then I kind of want you to tell me, like, if you can think back to then, give me like one, one thing that you brought or you took from that job to the next one. Okay, cool. So we got operations engineer at Disney ABC television group. Um, what I took from it, I'd say one time. So first of all, I was literally the ride at Disney at uh, Kilimanjaro Safaris in Animal Kingdom. Yes. Okay. There is a safari truck. You're a safari driver. That was what they gave me. And where I literally drove a truck and I had a script and you would drive over these pucks and then a script would talk to you and say, Simba one, there's a there, there, giraffe or something. There's like the storyline and you had to act like on the road while you're looking at real animals. So I'd yeah. be like, you know, look to your left, everyone. There are giraffes, reticulated giraffe has a high neck so it can reach the acacia leaves on the top of those trees with the thorns. So, you know, you had to sell it. Yeah. And they would have some, a ride instructor would ride with you and they would review you. You know what I mean? They would say how you did and all that. So I was known for having one of the best trucks because I'm, naturally wiry flap you know i'm silly with the audience and stuff so they rode with me and he's like he rides me and he's like michael you do such a good job you're so entertaining people really like you so much in your truck but i just you know you just have to understand um that you know because there's real animals out there there was real lions and real beautiful things you can't just see down the street yeah. and he's like 
sometimes you have to stand, understand it's not about you. It's about the animals. That shit stuck with me to this day. Mm. It's not about you. It's about the animals. Meaning sometimes it's not about you. It's about the other shit around you that you can shine a light on. Yeah. Stuck with me forever. That was a big deal for that job. Ooh. Okay. I was not expecting that. That was okay. Let's keep going. <laughs> so from there to graphic designer at AT&T Internet Operations Group. What did I learn from that place? Uh, um, <laughs> what I learned from that job was um, hmm, what it takes um, when you, when you got to do what you got to do. I think is what I got from that job. Cause at the end of the road, that was when I was having my first child, Josie, mm. and there were, I was not making enough. There's no, there was nothing I could do. I was not making enough money to, to do life. Yeah. And, uh, um, I had to fight through that and, uh, figure out what am I going to do? I can't stay here to, to, to fix things. And I was grinding, trying to get opportunities, trying to get looks in there and it wasn't really working out. And, um, but that it it reminds me particularly of a time when you had to learn of you got to do what you got to do. I'm in Atlanta, no family. I didn't move down here with no family. I lived in this very nice person's house, Trina. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in a, a random house down here in Atlanta and had to put this shit together. There were no homies I could stay with. The money was me, so I had to figure it out, and that taught me about figuring it out in that in that time. Mm, yeah and you used the word grit earlier and it sounds like exactly what you were talking about yes sir there was a time that i didn't even list on there before that before those before that job i was stuffing envelopes 12 hours a day i wasn't allowed to sit down so i I really was at the bizottom bro and it was in atlanta barely making enough to buy my my meals from family dollar i was eating hormel hormel meals that you microwave and Mm -hmm. captain crunch every day to the point I got sick, literally. I was yeah, like, that Yo. sounds super nutritious. Yeah, exactly. You can't be eating like that. Oh. I was eating that every day, like three times a day, and and literally barfing. Like, it was crazy, dog. When I say the mud, dog, you kidding me? Yeah. Then I'm trying to get seen rapping and shit, and I'm going at it, like, every night till midnight till I get on stage, hopefully tonight. And ugh, Come on, son. You can't tell me nothing about my grind. I'll tell you that. No, but yes. Not, not, <laughs> grit. <laughs> Grit. Absolutely. Um, from there to digital brand manager at iHeartMedia. Yes, man. So that was dope. Um, what I learned there was about the business. Mm. I learned that if you understand what your business is trying to do overall, you can now you know what you're supposed to be doing to help them make money. So you can tailor your ability to help what we're doing. So uh, I guess their small example, radio is about advertising dollars. Like they're, it's, no one gives a shit about the artists. The artists are an ad for the ads. It's very interesting. Um, I mean, people care about the artists, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They play your favorite artists. So you listen to their station so that you catch the ads. That's, yes. that's the game. And understanding that everything was how radio can position itself in front of advertisers with impressions, say, for the website, your goal is to drive traffic to the website. What can you do to create unique value in the website? So you're thinking, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you just start dividing and piecing shit up like, yo, how can I contribute to what we're doing as a business? And because of that understanding of the business side of work, 
that definitely was one of the biggest, most enlightening things. It's totally how you get to the money as an employee, how you get to everything. Understand the business. What makes your business money and how can you help them make money? That's the game. There is a book that uh, I saw on some YouTube channel a while back and I bought it and it's called, is it? right over here it's called creative strategy in the business of design and i think you just summed up the book in a sentence so (laughs) good good that's i mean that's what it is it's the facts man if you know what the if you know what your company does to make money and you come up with creative ways to help them make more money is good you good you could do whatever you could shit on the floor there you go helping us make money thank you (laughs) we will keep you yes yeah um, from iHeartMedia to brand designer at Church's Chicken. So Church's Chicken has like a corporate office. I was not slanging chicken. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they have a corporate office. And yeah, what I learned there actually, interestingly enough, it was actually church. Mm. And this is a conversation I actually had with someone I worked with there. That yeah. period of time in my life, massive changes happened in my life. And I learned a whole lot about myself, my ability, what my worth is as a human being, my self-worth, my worth as a father, my worth as a man. Like, I learned a lot about myself in that time period of life and a lot of gangster shit I had to kind of do just to stand on my two right to to carry myself to the next level uh, came during that time. So, yeah, that was that was church is what I got from that time. Mm. From there to chief marketing officer at, is it Mutana Market or Mutana? Mutana. That is my lady's business. Okay. I've supported her since then. Uh, I am more of a supporting factor role, but yes, I do help her with all the marketing and all of those roles. And uh, basically, I love my lady. So I say, baby, I got some skills. Let me try to slide in and do what I hey. can on the side. You know what I mean? You know? So, so I'm just trying to help as best I can with that. So that's like more... That's just, but I will say this, hmm. that's real love. Cause I don't know if you've ever been with a lady and, oh, damn, I'm going to say this. Okay. Um, I, you know how you, you ever see a dude be like extra chivalrous and just do a lot of shit for his girl. And you're like, damn, he doesn't like, he's just really into her. Yeah. When I fell in love with a meal, it was that shit started happening. Like I want to do the extra work because mm-hmm. I want you to feel happy. And so re- I learned what real love is. Real love is that want to do that little bit more for your girl just because. So I love my baby, Emil. I think I am in a similar situation now. Funny Let's enough. Let's go. <laughs> Funny enough. Um, my girlfriend and I's anniversary is next Saturday. Yeah. Love it. Um, so yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, man. Dude, I wash I wash my girl's feet, bro. I ain't never did no shit like that. And she'll be like, Why do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I just want your feet to feel hey, good. There you go. Listen, man, that shit this that's a whole new feeling, bro. I'd I'd be mm-hmm. preaching that shit. Cause I know what it's like to be dudes just trying to get girls and shit. Nah, man, when you get love, son. It's different, different chemicals. It's different chemicals. <laughs> um, okay. And then most recently, senior art director at Moxie. 
Uh, Moxie's giving me so much, man. I ain't going to shit on Moxie. I, you know, my second daughter, Zinnia, she died while I've worked at Moxie. Mm. Um, she, she passed away 2019. I'm sorry to hear um, that. Yeah, no, it's that, you know, life is life, you know? And uh, I just, there's like so much shit has happened at Moxie. That's the biggest thing, obviously. Yeah. But um, from Moxie, man, I just learned, I think I just really like doubled down on the grit part, man. Like it was really like, like it's a go for your like I, I guess I say believe in yourself is what I get from Moxie. Like there's a there's this like, yo, you have value, son. But beyond just being an employee, your human value, I'm very locked in on that shit. Like you're bringing a human for me to use. That's like offering up being enslaved. That's fucked up. But I don't know. You're offering a human for you to use for money. And that's why I see why people, entrepreneurs and shit say that type of shit. Yeah. Cause that's kind of true. You're like offering yourself for service, but that's why you can't think of it that way. You got to think of it as a partnership. Like I'm in partnership with y'all so I can soak up game, get things for the business of me. Mm-hmm. And you can get things from the business of me that help your operations. It's not you giving me nothing. We partnered up. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna give you me, you give me you and we'll be good. Yeah. And so understanding that you have an equal value to whatever the fuck company you with, that shit is right here locked in. So value yourself, man, for sure. That's like, that's, that's what I'm getting from this experience of just be locked in on that, that you are not like, you're not like an employee, you're a partner. Yeah. I say that shit. People look at me like, and be like, we're not partners. We work for something. Someone can fire you. That ain't it, man. You thinking all wrong, dog. You a partner. You know, and, your and partner. If you're, if you're bringing that sort of uh, mindset to it, I mean, does that what limits does that put on what you can produce? You yeah. I mean? If you coming into it like that, then, yeah, you're not going to. But if you come into it from a partnership, let me give my shit to you and you give your shit to me. You're going to have high expectations of them and you're going to bring your highest self to them. So mm-hmm. y'all, y'all like, it's a good trade off, man. Like that's what you want to do. Company or not companies that like, that's it, man. Everything's here with it in life. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's why like, even with CEOs and shit, people get so weird about how you talk to people, man, everybody get up in the morning. Don't feel like brushing their teeth. <laughs> don't feel like getting dressed and shit. Okay. Everyone's a human. All right. Yes. So it's just bringing that shit down to here, man. We all right here. That's it. No, absolutely. Um, one of the things you mentioned earlier that I wanted to come back to was this idea of mentors. And I think you said you had sort of six. Six, man. So six. Tell me about, you know, do you have, does each of them sort of um, enrich your lives and your life in different ways? Do you like, are the, how different are the relationships? How do they come about? Like, what, do, what are you, some of the things that you, that you get out of that relationship or those relationships? Yeah. My mentors are really big for me in terms of like career and expectations and um, life, uh, like <clears throat> they all vary, man. My One of my biggest mentors, David Angelo, he's a big soul person. So he'll, he's talking about highest self and, and beautiful things like that. My other mentor, Sean Reardon, he might talk about business and, you know, how to stay up and, and the lane that you need to be in and stuff like that. And just, you know, what's going on with you and have you tried this and, shit like that so i have different mentors in different ways that like help me think about whether it's career or 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 literally what i do day to day jared kozel was one of my biggest mentors ever 
really gave me game on how to best present ideas, how to how to get gangster for real. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, yeah, and I learned something from everybody. My mentors are really important in terms of like just staying locked in. Then I have like a financial mentor. So it helped me be on point with the money game. Like how investing is hard is one of the illest shits I ever heard. That sounds so stupid, but it's so ill. Investing is hard. That's why people don't do it. That's why people make a whole bunch of money and people are like, how'd you do it? Because the moment that it feels hard, you do it. That's the hard part. Like, I don't have the money. No, that's when you do it. That's investing. It's hard. Yeah. So, you know, having a mentor give me that game in a simple way. And I'm like, oh, like that shit, man. I got my little my little team this is how I look at it yeah. to help me get better. So I'm not saying like I, I know everything. I'm soaking up game from people I believe I need to soak up game from, you know. Mm-hmm. But also I'm giving me with confidence that I know a little shit, too. And I, I bring that confidence with me. You know what I mean? But yeah. yeah, my mentors are a part of life, part of business and part of, you know, everything, man, for real. Yeah, no, that I hear you. There is, I'm actually not going to ask you a lot of questions about the work. And the reason is because I only have one. <laughs> oh, fair enough, brother. Fair enough. So, <laughs> as, as someone who um, right now doesn't work at, you know, a more traditional agency where you have account, creative strategy, that yep. sort of thing. Can you sort of give me like an overview of how you interact with strategists? Um, what I that relationship strategists. is like? I um, fucking love them. They're the best. And what they can do to most inspire you? A strategist's best way of inspiring me is just be awake, man. Be ready. Because mm-hmm. I'm the type to hit you out of nowhere. Like, yo, you got X, Y, Z. Just be ready, man. Be like, yeah, what's up? What you thinking about? And then let's go. You know, that's yeah. for me. That's how you can inspire me. Just be ready, man. Be ready to help me not look like a fucking asshole when I want to get creative. Because <laughs> when you go creative rogue, it's like fighting a fucking monster, man. Like everyone's like, where'd this come from? This doesn't make sense. It doesn't match the, di-. but if you just say a strategist said it, they're like, okay, even if he was right. <laughs> Just saying that. So they got your back. Strategy strategy can do two things. They can go in front of you and bring you with them, or they can back you up. Mm. So it's like just just always holla at a strategist. My homegirl, Alexa McGriff, the smartest motherfucker I know, that she's like me but a girl mm. mentally with the game. She knows. Whiteboard sessions, we were sitting there for five hours, just me and her jamming, like just jamming, son. And it might not even be for nothing. We just jamming because that's what we do. Yeah, I love that kind of strategy relationship. Somebody I can just jam with, get creative with, think creatively with, and understand how to stay grounded creatively, strategically. Yeah, that shit is stupid important, especially when you got to sell in to people. You know? Can you describe a time when um, a strategist, maybe you're you're working on you took working together on something, and they maybe said something, showed you something, mentioned something in passing that just like. A light went off and you're you're off to the races oh that made me shit myself oh man um that a strategist said i want yeah i want to i want to kind of play on this this creative and strategy partnership just because i'm a strategist and and i but i haven't <laughs> i got you but i haven't been able to do creative strategy you know what i mean i haven't yeah. been able to like right now everything's more digital that i do so i i yep. feel like i haven't worked that muscle a lot got you Got you. So this is a um, selfish question. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I um, 
So Alexa's my dog, man. Like my road dog in terms of strategist. She'll just send me a deck. Like, yo, I think you might like this shit. And it might just be, but I'm I'm crazy. I'm different. So I got to respect that that's different. I'm I'm like, yo, send me some, some research or something you're thinking about. That would get me hype. I'd be like, let me read that. Um, uh, okay, I guess. I, I don't know if I can cite a, a specific example, but I can say this. If you see a strategic hole and it's empty, like vacant, like this is not being addressed by any creative work we are doing and any creative work that I can see that the company is doing, Mm -hmm. but they could use it. That for me is like heaven's bread because you're telling me that I have free reign to attack something creatively with no oversight because this has not been done. It's on. Especially if you think it has strategic sense that we can go to account and go fight for it. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, but there's no one in the way because they've never done this. That's that's the brand wins, the company you work for wins, the creative wins, the strategist who found it wins, everybody wins. So we can all go to fucking war like some 300 shit, <laughs> fields and all. And that so holes. That's what I'd say. Bring me a hole that nobody's talking about. I'm gonna mm-hmm. fucking shit myself. Is that? what people people throw this this phrase around but is is what you're talking about would you describe it as white space yes okay i i i i i would say it's white space i know a strategist may be talking about something else with the white space but yeah the white space now there is there's different types of white space though there's like the white space for what the client's asking for but then there's like a white space that no one's asking for but but it makes sense for us to attack it you know so like there's just anything any white spacious type of thing like we're going into the summertime and we need a summer campaign and dogs eat ice cream during the summer that's like a version of white space but if you told me the company doesn't really want to sell the company shouldn't even sell ice cream to dogs because dogs will die doing that maybe the company should be like this i get excited for that too so there's just different types it could be within the flow of the work we do or it could be something we ain't even doing that's the one that gets me hyped yeah okay no i i get where you're coming from i think that's a good example um so there are a couple other things that don't particularly have anything to do with what we've been talking about (laughs) all good all good (laughs) so i'm gonna throw these three out and we'll talk about whichever one you want to talk about Dope. Outer space. Love outer space. Crypto. Love crypto. And sports. I'm a big sports guy. So floor is yours. What are we talking about? Oh shit, it's on me. Uh have you invested in Bitcoin, young man? I have not. Oh god. Okay. All right. I'm not gonna go into a long spiel, and this is not financial advice. <laughs> Just don't listen to me. All right, listen. Okay. This is how Bitcoin works. It is literally programmed to go up and go down and go up and go down. It's literally programmed to do this, okay? Okay. It has been doing it for 10 years. 10, okay? It did it again in 2017, and everyone was like, oh, shit, what's a Bitcoin? We just started paying attention. Mm -hmm. Just in case, that's when I discovered. I said, 
just in case this shit is real, let me kind of just pay attention for four years. I paid a lot of attention for four years. It did it again. I said, oh shit, everything's true. And no one's here. I told everyone no one's here. So here we are, my friend. At the beginning of 2017, Mm -hmm. it is $50,000 now. I was paying attention when it was $3,000. Yes. You're supposed to buy when it's $3,000 when nobody investing is hard. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, God, that's going to zero. That's when you buy, right? So that's one thing from Bitcoin. But I would say this. It is not going – this is not financial advice. (laughs) It is not going to stop at $50,000. That's all I'll say. But it will stop at some point. So, you know, do with that what you will, my friend. Yes. If a brief came across your desk and it said, you know what? We want to get 25-year-olds investing in Bitcoin. What would be your gut reaction? My gut reaction would be, yeah, this is great. It's going to be awesome because it's investing. It's teaching a new era in investing. And I would be very interested in young black boys and young black girls in college, coming out of college, right, around that age, to be thinking about investing and how you don't need $10,000 to do it. You could take a hundred and learn a little something about investing. And uh, not only that, now we're talking blockchain technology. So it's about black. I would be very, I'd be very concerned about the black experience in blockchain or being a part of this total transitional moment in history, the largest wealth transfer in the history of humankind, literally we have to be a participant. So I would be very locked in on how do we serve people that have not been served in the financial industry. I'd be hoping my strategies would come from that angle. Mm. Like this is a bunch of young people. Who's the motherfuckers that ain't coming from money. They could get money right here and they don't even know. So I'd be like, yo, let's, how do we get the rally cried to the people, the 99%, you know what I mean? So that would be where I'd come from. That's just off the top. You just hit me with that. I'd want to attack the brief with like the little man's winning now. Yeah. You know, very Wall Street's bet-ish. Hmm. No, I, I get that. Um, do you think that in the next, I don't know, five to 10 years-ish, um, that crypto will have like, you know, and I, I, I'm asking this because I have no clues. It's going to probably be a dumb question, but some effect on the industry. And I have no idea what that would look like <laughs> if it did. But do you, do you see there being some kind of crossover? Yes. Some kind of overlap? Yes. It'll be some kind of tokenization. Some kind of mcdonald's token or burger king coin they'll have their own currency at their own participating use your mcdonald's tokens at participating mcdonald's some kind of flip like that i could go into nfts but that's a whole other fucking convo uh that's going to change music forever but anyway Mm -hmm. in terms of advertising i definitely think tokenization and non-fungible tokens and and uh, verifiable rarity 
could become a big thing, whether it's stunts, some big stunts, or in terms of kind of what I already see coming, which is tribalism is going to turn on to, into steroids in the next 10 years to me in marketing. I think tribalism is already, you go to your little sector of homies on the mm -hmm. internet, you go to your little Reddit homies, or you go over here to your home. Everyone's getting in their homie groups. Yep. And to, as a marketer, you have to flick the head of the snake in the rooms to activate all those people. You can't, they're not all in the hallway no more. So that tribalism will probably leak into this crypto world, I would assume, where they're using just this currency over here and just this, these coins over there. So I don't know. That's a wild guess, but yes. All right. Last question on crypto. Um, so we go to a new country. We got our passport. You know, at some point you got to exchange your currency. And to your point about everyone potentially having their own, you know, uh, what's the word I want to use? Not secret, but damn, what's the word? Uh, exclusive. There it is. Their own uh -huh. exclusive currency. How does how does uh, currency like transfer? How does that work? If I have, you know, one particular. Well, it already works today. It's, it's over with. You don't. Do you not like what you have to do with the American dollar to get, you know, pesos, same type of deal. You just don't have to do that no more. Mm. You can just go and use your Bitcoin because there's no central authority. That's the right. big deal about there's no, there's no America that is Bitcoin. It's the world has it. So it's more like it gets rid of the barriers of money and the control of money. It's a big fucking deal, really. Yeah. But yeah, you would just use your Bitcoin. Just use your Bitcoin. It's the gold standard. You just go here, you use your Bitcoin. If right. now, in terms of the tokenization, in terms of like companies, I think that'll be incentivized more so. Like almost like monopoly money applies to monopoly. Mm -hmm. It might be played like that more so. I don't know. This is, if I knew the answer, I'd probably get rich. <laughs> so I guess what you're saying is in that case, it's more ecosystem. Yeah, it's very ecosystem like, currency, like, like video have, games. Okay, so you might have, I don't know, Apple dollars over here. Yes. But, you know, when you come over here, you got to get some Samsung bucks or something like that. Yes, something okay. like that. Okay. That's what I could see. And then it's, you know, I think I think currencies will be like, you may be able to choose your currency of choice. That's how crazy I think it could get. You might be like, we only use the black dollar. It could get crazy, bro. It's, yeah. it's, it's going to change the world, period. No, that's amazing. And and speaking of changing the world, I'm going to use this as a not so great segue to <laughs> outer space. Um, so I know you are a huge space buff. I love space. I'm not a, I'm not smart, but I love space. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite space movie? I mean. I mean, it's stupid. What? Spaceballs is my favorite space movie. Have you ever seen Spaceballs? You know what? I haven't. I actually have not seen it. It's a it's a very old movie by Mel Gibson, or not Mel Gibson. Oh God, not Mel Gibson. Uh, God, I can't think of his name right now. But a, a legendary comedic actor. It's a Gibson. I swear it's a Gibson. I just don't remember his name. 
Spaceballs, it's so bad. There's no way you could watch it now if you weren't a kid at the time. That's probably my favorite space movie. It's so dumb. But uh, yeah, shout out to Spaceballs. I will put it on my list for this weekend. I can't believe you're going to do this to yourself. I really don't think you're going to think it's funny. It's probably aged so poorly. I'm just warning you. <laughs> no, it, if, it's, if it's like that, it'll be a good movie to watch and roast. Okay, good. Yes, roast the shit out of it. You're gonna be like, this shit was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very roastable. Have you ever seen Interstellar? I haven't, man. I haven't watched any of like the new great serious space movies, and I feel like I should. Right? Oh, I should. Man, you gotta watch Interstellar, man. Okay, 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 okay. So, okay. Uh, I side note have been really, really trying. Like, I've been writing more. I've been listening to a shit ton of classical music lately. Yeah. And I've been like writing a little bit of kind of stuff that feels like that. And man, when I tell you Interstellar has to have a top three soundtrack of all time. Wow. I'm telling you, Hans Zimmer's soundtrack is that good. I trust Hans Zimmer. So I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm writing Uh, mine down. Interstellar. I'm writing mine down. Yes. Um, What is. And I'm just like, <laughs> I wrote down a handful of questions. I'm just going to ask you. So what is one of the most interesting facts that you know about space? Or I'll give I you got a, one. And I'll, okay, go ahead. I was going to give you an alternative. One. Go for it. Uh, I'm going to butcher this fact. But so the black space that's in space, like the darkness mm-hmm. is made up of dark matter. And it's literally the distance. There, it's particles. It's particles so close that if there was, if they were any closer to each other, the entire universe would go into itself. It's the the number. It's I forgot the size. It's like some zeros. It's literally you know they like start renaming how you say yeah. numbers. <laughs> yeah. That's how many zeros of like how many there are, or like the distance they are apart, or something like that. Mm. Um. But literally, if they were any closer, it would just like the whole universe would just like into itself. Just I can't even I can't I don't know what that means. No, that's mind bending. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? There's particles that are like. So is there like this huge field of like, what the fuck? Is it flat? Is it turned? Oh, yeah. Space. Love it to death. That's one. That's one. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. fact. Is that my favorite? Is that my favorite fact? That's my favorite. Uh, well, black holes are fucking amazing. Yes. Um, I find them. I find black holes to be probably the most fascinating. Oh, and that and that space time is on a curve. So time. I I can't even do this. I don't even know how to explain. Yeah. Time is a plane, but it's curved, and it deals with space. I, I can't. E- I can't even. I don't know. That, yep. Whatever that is. So, that's... this is all the more reason for you to. You're gonna love Interstellar. Interstellar. They, okay. They, okay. They, okay. They, they covered this stuff, man. It's you're going to love this movie. Okay. Okay. So, and I can't even explain it either. But I know what you're talking about. It's like the plane and uh, these objects that have mass, like curve it. Curve it. Yes. Ah, I don't understand, bro. I don't understand. By, my soul. That, like time. Yeah. It, it's yeah. not linear anymore. And it, yeah, I know it's, it's, I, I'm not a scientist, but 
the people that understand this stuff and like actually understand it. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm like, how, how, how's your brain? How, for how, real. How you, how do you just have a normal life after that? Like, <laughs> you couldn't, you'd have to be fucking gone. You'd have to be gone, dog. There's no way I'd just be like, I, I got so excited by space. I was like, yo, I think I need to take up math and do all that stuff. Nah, nah, I had the same thought, but it's just like, if you do that, that kind of math, and physics for a living like i'm just imagining every myself, day if i did that i would literally just give into existential dread and, and i would not be able <laughs> yes. to function anymore. i'd be like it's the fucking it goes forever and i would just like melt <laughs> i'd be like i'm not going to work today fucking <laughs> yeah, straight up that's what it felt like when i started i was like yeah i'm never doing this again um well i mean is there anything else that you wanted to to cover or, or touch on um Man, I think we touched. I think we touched everything. The one thing I would like to say, if there's like a lasting thing I can say, if anyone's even going to listen to this bullshit of me ranting this long, I assure I was, you they will. I would just say this. Of course they will. It's a great show. Uh, I would say to everyone in existence, especially my black people that come from the hood or come from a, a, a more humble beginning, that um, mediocre to bad life is the exception not the normal the normal is you're fucking happy and everything is great that's normal being bad i ain't got no money can't pay my bills i'm fucking hungry where am i gonna get my next meal that is exception so we just got i just want us to change the mindset happiness being rich niggas having it all that is the normal. The exception is we ain't got shit. Mm. I want that mindset to fucking shift. Yeah. Being good, being all right, having a job, taking care of your fam, you on point, you're happy every day, shit is going gravy money-wise and everything. That's the normal. Yeah. That's 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 my lasting thing I want to put. Well, that, that may or may not be your answer to one of these final questions. So... At the end of every episode, I ask everybody these same four questions. Um, what are you reading right now? What's something that's challenging for you? What's something you're really proud of? And then what's a piece of advice you would give to... to oh, shit, I just fucked your... it up. My bad. No, that's actually perfect. You already preempted it, so I don't have to ask it now. <laughs> but <laughs> um, what's something that you're reading right now? And, and someone actually called me out on this, and she's like, you know, it's not really fair for you to just ask me what I'm reading. What if I don't read a lot of stuff? What if I just watch really insightful things or I listen to really, I was like, yeah, damn, you're right. So what are you consuming uh, that is really sort of inspiring you? Okay, um, in terms of inspiring, I'm a big Navy SEALs guy. Mm. I love Navy SEALs, I love Army guys because they, those motherfuckers are hard, man. And I'm not built like that, but I am. I'm just built differently. It's like a mentality. It's just that shit gets me. You know what I mean? It's back yeah. there. I'm, I'm not like outside every day doing the all that shit, but it's more like a mentality to go get it that mm -hmm. I love from Navy SEALs and stuff like that. So I'm really big on Jocko Willink and a dude named David Goggins. Mm -hmm. David Goggins is the greatest motherfucker on earth. That's all I'm going to say. He... <laughs> Every time he speaks, I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, you right. Let's get it. David Goggins, please follow David Goggins. Go watch a bunch of his videos on YouTube and feel your soul lift, son. Yeah. Feel your soul lift. David Goggins, that shit gets me going. 
especially with the way my life is structured, man, I need that. So mm. yes. Uh, what was the next question? Uh, what is something that's, that's been a challenge for you? Challenge for me. Uh, uh, so um, it's been a challenge for me um, dealing with my daughter's passing in 2019 for real. Mm. That was like really difficult for me to get through as a man because it, the way it happened is not, it wasn't like stillbirth. It wasn't like some shit. I did, like I witnessed it, son. I watched it. So there's a level of humankind that I've never touched until that moment that not only did I have to power myself through it, I had to power my wifey through it. And then I had to turn that shit into fire that I breathe on the earth. And I think that's been the biggest challenge I ever faced in my life. Cause I'm also a father of my first child, Josie. And so taking my daughter's life and honoring it and giving that back to the earth yeah. in a way that she exists through has been a crazy challenge, but one that's awesome. And we built an entire brand called for the love of Zinni mm. and it's on uh, shopmutana.com. We literally sell um, candles and different products that we give all the money and proceeds to mothers that are dealing with infant loss and early child death. Yeah. And we did that just straight up to represent our daughter. Right which is fucking ill that me and my lady put a brand together, like on, on the strength. So that's been the illest challenge, man, dealing with death the way that it went down though. I've not even given you all the details of that, but to like, it's, it's, it wasn't just like a, it's not like some dude you saw dead or it was like watching your child die. Yeah. I can't give you that no other way than that. And to flip that, give it back to the earth in a positive way and lift up my family at the same time. That's all the strength of my daughter. And I just want to say thank you to my daughter, Zinnia, and her fucking Zeus-like powers that yeah. I can, you know, smack the earth back with it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what to say other than I I, I applaud your your strength and, and, and your wife and and how y'all could stay together through something that, that you know, tragic and, and turn it into, I, I love hearing, you know, sort of taking something this just negative. I mean, there's nothing good about that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, yep. and being able to challenge, channel it in a, in a more positive way, man, that's hats off to you. That's Thank amazing. You, no, you know what, dude, like we were just talking about space. If you believe in all that shit, then you know what time it is. Somebody said this and I'll leave it here. If you pop a balloon, where you think the air, where you think everything goes, that was in the balloon. It doesn't just die. It doesn't die. It's gone. It just yeah. floats. In. That's life. So this shit is all an illusion, bro. We're just walking around the shells. If I never talked to you again, you would exist. Mm -hmm. You still exist as some kind of memory and energy that passed through me. So that's life. That's like big time thinking, man. Yeah. And if that's the case, then what's going on with the super things? If you think about how the, the moon affects the water on Earth, then energy's fucking real, dog. If you, if you don't want to do the God thing, you don't want to go down that path. I'm a God man myself. If you don't want to go there, just go to science. Motherfucking shit in space is fucking with shit on Earth. Yes. How's it happening? <laughs> which fucks fucking, with us. <laughs> uh, which fucks with us. And, or we're made out of how much? Okay. Yeah. So so if you get your energies aligned, you know what time it is. You know? Absolutely. Um, last thing here. I just, the question is, what's something you're proud of? But I just want you to brag on yourself for a second. Oh, man, I don't have nothing I'm proud of, man, except my wife, man. I'm so proud of her, Emil, and I'm so proud of my daughter, Zenny. I'm proud of my daughter, Josie. She's beautiful. She's nine years old. She's becoming a kid. She's growing quick. She's gangstering. I'm proud of my family, Jay, Felicia, Eric, my dad, my mom. 
uh, you know, I'm just proud of, I'm proud of them. I'm proud of you for having this show, young black man. You heard, you know, a lot of black people in the ad industry, man. A lot of black people just trying to get to it mm. in in new ways, man. So like, I'm just, I'm just fucking proud of humanity fighting back, man. A lot of the bad guys been winning, man. So I just want to see us. I want to see the good guys come, come beat the shit out of some bad guys. You heard? Like, I just want us to win, man. And yeah. that's, the, you know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of times the winning was a lot of begging, like, please, can you include us in movies? And please, can you this and that? Nah, we're going to come make our own shows. We're going to come make our own shit. We're going to make some logos, make some businesses, make some brands, and we're going to thug it out. Yes, and I love that shit, dog. <laughs> I love that shit. So I'm proud of everybody right now, man. I'm proud of the good guys. Where can people find you online? Hey, man, uh, at Michael, Ran- or at, well, on Twitter, it's at I am Novi Nov, which is I A M N O V I N O V. Uh, and at Michael Rankin, which is at M-I-C-O-L-R-A-N-K-I-N on uh, Instagram. Gotcha. Well, that is a wrap for this episode of Pay It For It. So I just want to say thank you again for joining. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, and to anyone listening, please rate, review, like, subscribe, whatever the hell you do to podcasts, wherever you listen to them. Five um, stars. <laughs> tell five again. stars, baby. Five <laughs> stars. You heard? Five stars for my dog, man. This yes, is man. I love this, man. Thank you, dude. Straight up. No, for real. I mean, I just appreciate you being here. This has been amazing. Same. Same, bro. Same. <laughs>